0: The Blevins Franks Report, with Rob Kay of Blevins Franks Wealth Management. Here's that time on Radio, where we talk to Rob Kaye. Good morning, how are you doing? Good morning, Howard. Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Ah, huh. good. I'm not so bad myself. Well, last week, David Morley explained how French succession laws works. But the week before, we discussed strategic financial planning. During that discussion, you and James made several references to inflation, pensions and also succession that prompted lots of questions to the Riviera Radio financial questions portal, Riviera Radio, EpileveranceRanks.com. So can we address some of those questions this week? However, before we get into those interesting questions, what caught your eye in the news this week?
1: Well, I heard. France's Prime Minister, Elizabeth Bourne, has done nothing to diminish her reputation as President Macron's enforcer. For the 13th time, she has used the constitutional tool 49.3, this time to push through the 2024 budget without any parliamentary debate. Ms Bourne justified her decision by saying no opposition group is prepared to vote for the bill and the country needs it. While it would create 16 billion euros of savings, it will also enable the government to accelerate its green transition. The budget has been widely described as an austerity budget. The government rejected those accusations by highlighting the fact that they rejected calls from the right to cut 6 billion euros from the unemployment benefits. Finance Minister Bruno Le Meri described the budget as green, because it will allow the government to invest another €7 billion Euros in accelerating the ecological transition. The main recipient will be the Ma Prime Renov, the scheme that provides grants to property owners to carry out energy-related renovations. The government's goal is to carry out 200,000 major energy renovations in 2024. Now, um, people may have uh, spotted this uh, this out of this survey and this article but a recent survey has revealed that france has now got more millionaires than any nation except the united states and china the annual global wealth report found that the french are on average richer than the british the number of millionaires in france remained stable last year at 2.82 million which means 4.7 percent of the world's millionaires now live here in france in contrast the UK saw its millionaire cohort fall from three million to two and a half million. The US is still way out in front with thirty-eight percent of the world's millionaires, and China is next with ten and a half percent. While on the subject of millionaires, Howard, I've been following the, alle- the, the allegations of tax evasion by the French actress Isabelle Adjani. Before the start of her trial, she defended herself by saying she has no interest in money but she was then struck down by an acute illness and was unable to fly to Paris from New York. A request by her lawyers for an adjournment was dismissed and the trial started in her absence. Although the case is interesting from various perspectives, it especially highlights some of France's tax differences. A Ajani is accused of claiming a gift of $2 million was a loan to avoid paying a 60% gift tax liability. She received the money in 2013 from her son's godfather, who is the head of the Senegalese Olympic Committee. The actress also claimed her main residence is near Lisbon in Portugal. French tax inspectors, on the other hand, say her main residence is here in France, and she therefore has a wealth tax bill of 236,000 euros to pay. Ajani described herself as fundamentally on the left, and she denies all the allegations. We'll have to see how this one plays out, but when it gets this far, the taxman invariably wins. Now, the UK Office for uh, National Statistics has announced prices rose by 0.5% between August and September, which was in line with expectations. September's 6.7% inflation figure matched the same figure in August, which is the lowest it has been since March 2022. Core inflation, which excludes Energy, food, alcohol and tobacco saw a slight annual decline, 6.1% in September compared to 6.2% in August. However, that fall was offset by rising transport costs driven almost entirely by petrol prices, which jumped 5% per litre in August and September. So Rob, turning to the listeners' questions, where would you like to start? (laughs) <laughs> um, I suppose the, the inflation numbers I've just referred to may remain at the forefront of our minds, probably because the newspapers continue to dedicate column inch after column inch, um, along with an array of financial commentary to the issue. So inflation therefore seems to be an appropriate place to start. Having said that, a recent survey found that 66% of us don't understand the impact inflation is having on our lives from way back when the simple number that has always stuck in, in my mind is that if inflation is allowed to run at 10% a year, our savings will halve in value every seven years, which is a very thought-provoking uh, statistic. James mentioned a couple of weeks ago that the pound coin um, is this year 40 years old, but sadly, these days, it only buys you what 30 pence bought back in 1983. Forty years ago, the cost of an average house in the UK was around twenty seven thousand pounds. Today it's an eye watering two hundred and ninety thousand pounds. A first class stamp was sixteen pence, today it's one pound twenty five. Back in the eighties you can get forty pence change when you handed over your pound coin for a pint of London Pride. Earlier this week that same pint cost me over five pounds. For those of a a certain age, shall I say, Mars bars have shrunk in size, but not in price, unfortunately. Back in the early 80s, they cost 15 pence. These days, they are smaller, and they now cost 65 pence. What these price increases illustrate is, yes, we are experiencing a sharp inflation spike for a variety of reasons. Increased raw material costs, manufacturing costs, supply costs, and distribution costs. But over the past 10 years, it's been too easy to forget inflation has been a constant companion, hitching a ride on our normal life journey. 40 years ago, when the pound coin was first introduced, across the pond, coincidentally, Ronald Reagan was the 40th president of the USA. One of Reagan's most famous quotes was about inflation, and he described it as violent as a mugger, as frightening as an arm robber, and as deadly as a hitman. I've never forgotten Reagan's quote, but recently I think maybe a better description is the silent assassin, because inflation has always been and will always be there lurking in the background. Sounds like a film title, doesn't it, really?
0: (laughs) So one of the listeners asked, why does inflation affect investments?
1: Um... Since the financial crisis of the late nineties, central banks around the world have controlled the economic landscape by, by keeping a firm grip on interest rates and using quantitative easing. Governments have been able to bake the cake as they wanted it by using all the tools at their disposal, which has given them complete control. Now, the COVID pandemic completely upset the economic apple cart. Governments and therefore central banks were forced into providing massive economic support packages. It was impossible to inject that desperately needed funding at the levels that were required while at the same time maintain a firm grip on the purse strings. As prices continued to overheat, central banks fought back by increasing interest rates while reining in quantitative easing. As we've seen, that spooked not only the stock markets around the world, but also the bond markets. Last year, for only the fifth time in the past 100 years, the bond markets and the stock markets ended the year both in negative territory. Now, for the majority of the past two decades, returns from equities and bonds have been what is known as negatively correlated, which very simply means when one goes up, the other goes down. This has been a key strategy for most multi-asset investment propositions because investment managers have been able to balance those two asset classes to reduce portfolio risk and therefore limit losses in times of market distress. When another
0: listener asked rather
1: succinctly, Should we be concerned? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we need to be careful with that word concerned, Howard. If we think too deeply about all the things that could go wrong before we do anything, we can very easily talk ourselves into doing nothing, which would then be counterintuitive. I was reminded of this earlier this week when I sat on my flight back from London, being bounced around by a storm. We imagine all the things, or if we imagine all the things that could go wrong when we board a plane, it would be easy to scare ourselves to death. What most of us do, consciously or unconsciously, is weigh up the pros and cons. If we don't take that trip, will our lives be restricted? If it's a business trip, will our businesses be affected? If it's a pleasure trip, will our lives suffer by not being enriched by the experience we, we would expect to get at our destination? Should investors be concerned by inflation? Without any hesitation, the answer is an unquivocal yes. But not just when there's a period of heightened inflation and awareness, as we've seen recently. As I said earlier, inflation isn't a light switch. We can't turn it on and off. It's always there. We just need to remember, it will always be there. I seem to be quoting lots of people this morning, Howard, but Warren Buffett recently said, when people have money in their pockets, they will pay higher pri- higher prices, which fuels inflation. We need to ensure our finances are arranged to withstand inflation increases by investing in inflation-sensitive investments, which will give us a hedge against inflation.
0: Well, along the same lines, a retired listener said she was especially concerned by inflation.
1: What can she do? Uh, The the truth is, Howard, inflation hurts all of us, but, but if you're retired... You, you can potentially suffer maybe disproportionately because you can't ask for a salary increase to compensate for your for your loss of purchasing power. That said, UK state pensions still benefit from the triple lock. But unless you have a generous index-linked company pension to combat inflation, you will probably have to draw down more from your private pensions or your savings. You could buy a guaranteed income with a lump sum. This is known as an annuity in the UK or a rent viagier in France. However, inflation-proof annuities, they don't come cheap. £100,000 uh, is currently buying a 65-year-old man an annual annuity of just £6,800. But if you want that annuity to be in, in inflation-linked, the starting amount reduces down to just £4,300. And we shouldn't forget, most annuities die when we do. So just to get our money back, a 65-year-old man has to live until he's at very least 80 years of age. Potentially, we might do better if we use income drawdown arrangements. This means leaving our savings and pensions fully invested, but drawing income from them to fund our expense requirements. With this type of arrangement, our money needs to be managed carefully. We need to be mindful where, when, and what we draw down, and wherever possible, avoid unnecessary eroding of our capital. There is no exact science to a drawdown strategy, but a a drawdown of around 4% is usually sustainable if our investment portfolio isn't too cautious because we won't need to touch some of that capital for maybe decades, certainly at least years. The right investment allocation has to match our attitude to risk, but I would say most drawdown arrangements need to have at least 60% allocation. Two equities, because that's the asset class which is best equipped to to beat inflation. We should also never underestimate the power of compounding. If our investment growth is allowed to compound, we will have created an opportunity to generate increasing levels of future drawdown receipts, and therefore created our very own index, indexation system for our income.
0: Do you think our governments will be successful in bringing down inflation? <sighs>
1: Good question, Howard. I honestly believe with all the measures governments and central banks have deployed, we can probably say that inflation rates have peaked. Do I think they'll get back down to the 2% target anytime soon? Well, I'm less confident about that in the short term. Supply is speeding up and catching up with demand. The market's anticipation of energy prices is certainly subsiding. And of course, the base effect is dropping out of the price comparison, which is also used to measure inflation. The pandemic was unprecedented in modern times, so the recovery so far has been, shall we say, different. It has taken longer than expected to repair the supply chain disruptions, and energy prices have stayed higher for longer because there's a greater focus on the need to transition to green energy. Because of the stickiness, want of a better way of describing, of inflation, employees and unions are still demanding enhanced pay rises, to obviously compensate for, for higher living costs. This is all very logical, but, but if these heightened wage demands can't be reined in, businesses will therefore have to recoup their increased costs by increasing their prices, and the inf- inflation cycle could easily hit the slippery slope. Economists call this the second round effect. The European Central Bank is sending, I have to say, less confident that it will be able to wrestle inflation down before the end of the year. Monetary policy always has a delayed impact. It can't prevent short-lived price spikes. Higher borrowing costs, especially at the time when higher energy and fuel bills are squeezing income and company profits, creates added challenges for a quick recovery. The ECB's mission is to keep prices stable, which means they're still aiming at an inflation target of, as we keep saying, 2%, in what they now describe as the medium to longer term. Stable prices benefit everyone, By ensuring the economy grows, jobs are safe, and you feel confident the money in your pocket will be worth roughly the same tomorrow as it is today.
0: What about the longer term? What damage is inflation doing to our savings and income?
1: Well, in a recent broadcast, Howard, I referred to the fact that the number of 85-year-olds is projected to double over the next 20 years, which is definitely good news for those of us in our 50s and 60s. But what impact will that and inflation have on our finances? Now, going back to where we started and crunching some numbers, if we invest 1 million euros and in 30 years' time, after taking withdrawals from that investment, we still have 1 million euros, it's then quite sobering to discover if inflation has compounded at just 3% over the whole period, our 1 million will have lost 60% of its buying power. The simple fact is, over time, Purchasing power is the only rational definition of money. If I turn that around, if I retire today and my budgeted living costs are €100,000 a year, and inflation runs at three, just 3% per annum, in 10 years I will need €140,000 to buy what 100000 buys me today. In 20 years I will need 190000 and in 30 years I will need a quarter of a million. That's €250,000. Over the years, I've occasionally been accused of skirmongering, Howard. What I've just described is not, in my opinion, skirmongering. It's reality. It's the impact inflation has on our lives, which should not be underestimated. For this reason, cash flow modelling is a key part of the Blevins Franks Annual Client Review. So if you've not sat down with your financial advisor and consider what may prove to be a three-decade, two-person retirement, you need to remove your head from the sand, if you excuse the expression, and as I said at the start, at the end of the day, purchasing power is the only real value of money.
0: Finally, a regular listener asked, how
1: can we protect our savings from inflation? Um, as you said at the start of today's broadcast, so judging by the number of questions we've received via the Riviera Radio Financial Questions portal, rivieradio at blevingstranks.com, inflation is clearly at the forefront of plenty of listeners' minds the way inflation has surged than the way it has stuck around, especially at the levels it has. It's definitely a threat, which more and more people are starting to understand and take note of. Whether it's your weekly grocery bill filling your car up with fuel or the energy bill dropping on your doormat, none of us are immune from its tentacles. We've had 10, maybe 15 years of not having to concern ourselves too much with inflation. But it's always been there, in the shadows, eating away at the buying power of the euro in our pockets. We shouldn't forget, even if inflation does return to 3 or 4% by the end of the year, over the past three years, it will have averaged 6%. That's double the average I used in my earlier example, which means the buying power of our money has depreciated twice as quickly. The message I would like everyone to take from today's programme is when we review our finances, we need to be mindful of inflation. To generate returns in advance of inflation, we need to invest in asset classes that generate returns in excess of inflation. At Blovings Facts, we believe that by working with your trusted advisor and following a disciplined investment process, you can reduce your capital risk. Now you need to establish goals and time horizons to determine a balanced attitude to risk, but then we need to construct a well diversified portfolio and use quality investment managers. That portfolio then needs to be reviewed at least annually, and importantly, we need to be patient. We need to stick with our plan. It's time in the market, not time in the market, that is more likely to achieve our longer-term goals. If you already have an investment, but you don't have a strategy tailored to your particular situation and your appetite for risk, or you've not reviewed them recently, we will be happy to look at your arrangements and see if they are appropriately structured to protect you from future inflation and taxation threats. We all need a tax informed investment strategy which provides capital growth, which exceeds inflation in the medium to longer term. This can be achieved with a strategic financial planning strategy, which is based on your objectives, your circumstances, and your risks. To understand how strategic financial planning can improve your life, give us a call and arrange to speak to one of our local Blevins Franks partners. The initial discussion is complimentary, so call today to arrange a meeting on Telephone number which is zero four nine three zero zero one seven eight zero that's zero four nine three zero zero one seven eight zero and as we say every week if it's more convenient to contact our Monaco office, the telephone number here in Monaco is nine seven 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 five five seven four that's nine seven 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 five five seven four and if you'd just like to know more about Blevins Franks or it's easier to go to contact us via the uh, via the internet, visit our website, which is www.blevinsfranks.com. And finally, if you have a question or you want to suggest a subject for a future broadcast, send us an email to Rivieradio at blevinsfranks.com.
0: Yes, listener participation is always healthy, I think. <laughs> Absolutely, th- I yes.
1: Guess. It's funded lots of questions.
0: <laughs> yes, well done, you. Many thanks. Thank you. We'll talk again next Sunday. Yes. Thank you.
1: Look forward to it, Aaron. Bye.
0: The Blevins Franks Report. If you would like more information on any of the topics discussed in this programme, contact your local Blevins Franks office on 0493 001780 or riviera at blevinsfranks.com.
1: Is your inheritance planning up to date for France? Have you taken steps to protect your family? Cross-border estate planning is more complex than many people realize. You need to plan for many different elements, including taxes and forced airship. Blevins Franks has 45 years experience helping British expatriates achieve their wishes for their heirs, with personalized recommendations for each family. Contact Blevins Franks today on 0493
0: or at blevinsstras